You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of our Adult Sunday School series. Adult Sunday School is taught by a variety of different men in our church. Now let's prepare our hearts as our Sunday School teacher brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Obviously we have Thanksgiving coming up and I do want to talk about thankfulness this morning. Specifically, I mean, if we look in our own lives, I'm sure none of us are as thankful as we should be for the many blessings that the Lord has brought into our lives. So let's look at this morning, why may that be in our life that we're not as thankful as we should be? How can we be more thankful? Let's look at that this morning. You know, for uh, those of us that gone to uh, the Philippines, we, we know that they are very happy people. Obviously, my wife is very happy most of the time. Unless I make her unhappy, you know, she's happy. But the Filipinos, they're, they're really happy people. You know, we look out right now, and Pastor said that it looks Christmassy out there. Really, I mean, we could think, you know, we shouldn't have Christmas trees up and all that stuff, and singing Christmas carols before Thanksgiving. But really, Christmas should be a time of Thanksgiving in our lives anyway, right? So if we think about Christmas in the way that it should be, it really ties right in with Thanksgiving, so there's not a problem there. But, you know, in the Philippines, those people, they're willing to share whatever they have. Whatever they have, they will give to you. You may look at what they have, and, you know, a lot of the, the kids, that they go over on mission trips, they say, well, they don't have anything. You know, and that may be, in our mind, they don't have a lot, but for them, they're willing to share of whatever they have. But there is one thing that is about a true Filipino, is that they are thankful for whatever they have, especially in the rural part of the Philippines. If you go to the rural part of the Philippines, they are, they are extremely thankful for what they have. And I think that's something, and Lizelle can attest to this, that it's something that they really ingrain in their kids as they're bringing them up, that you be thankful for what you have. If you have rice, you're thankful for rice. If you have fish to go with your rice, you be thankful for that fish that goes with your rice. You're thankful for that. You know, it's really driven into their hearts. Now, as their economy improves and as they become more indoctrinated with American-type culture, and the desires that Americans have and how, you know, you see all this promotion of how you should be if you're going to be a successful person. I think their thankfulness is dwindling in their next generations, the same as it is in our generations as we focus on our temporal things and we don't focus on the eternal things or just how we can please the Lord and please others. But the, the Filipino, that national heritage of the Filipino is to be really thankful. And that's something we could learn from them and we should learn from them. You know, we're coming into this Thanksgiving time. This week we celebrate our Thanksgiving in America. You know, but is it a time that we truly are setting aside to be thankful as it was intended to be? As it is, was intended for us to set aside to be thankful? Or is this a time that we just, you know, treat as another tradition that we follow and we do and we spend time with family, or really that time that we spend being thankful. You know, so often we go through the motions of being thankful. We tell somebody, thank you for doing something for us, or, you know, we go through the motions of saying thank you, and we receive something from somebody, but do we really have that thankfulness in our heart? We tell the Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for doing this in my life, but are we truly thankful in our heart, as we should be, to the Lord? We have that deep gratitude that we should have. Obviously, the Lord sees our hearts. He knows the state of our heart and our true thankfulness and gratitude for Him. So why is it so difficult, though, for us? And I know in my own life, if I look at my own heart, why is it so difficult for me to be at that point where I'm truly grateful for my heart and thankful to the Lord for His many blessings? Well, let's look in the Scripture here in Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to read verse 18 through 25. 
verse 18, it says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God hath showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of, an un of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man, and to birds, and four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves, who changed the truth of God into a lie, and worshipped and served the creature more than the creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. Let's pray. Gently, Father, Lord, we pray that you would work in our hearts this morning, Lord. Help us to be truly grateful and thankful for what you've done in our lives, Lord, for the many blessings, Lord, especially for the gift of, your sa of the Savior, Lord, and for Jesus coming to this earth, Lord, to die for us, Lord, that our sins can be forgiven. Lord, we do thank you for your many blessings that you give to us each day, Lord. I pray that you would help us to learn from your word this morning. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. So, in verse 21, I want us to focus on that. It says, because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God, neither were thankful. Neither were thankful. You know, in Romans chapter, in verse 18, it says, God's wrath is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men. Okay? We see that one of the reasons, that I have four reasons this morning, four causes of why we may be unthankful, why we may be ungrateful in our, in our world. And here in Romans chapter 1, we have this slippery slope to reprobation that is laid out for us. And one of the reasons why we may be on this slippery slope is truly because we are not thankful as a people, because of our lack of thankfulness. God's wrath is revealed from heaven on wicked men, right? And these wicked men, we find here in verse 18, that they hold the truth in unrighteousness. And that hold is really it's saying suppress the truth. They suppress the truth. You know, one of the reasons why people do bad things and why the world is so given over to doing bad things is because if they don't do those bad things, they have to accept the truth. And the truth is they're living in sin. And they don't want that truth to be evident. They don't want that truth to be known. They hold the truth. They suppress the truth in their unrighteousness. You know, that wickedness that is in the world today that we see promoted so often, the purpose of that is to hold the truth in unrighteousness, to suppress the truth so that we don't live the lives that we need to live for the glory of the Lord, to live a pure life and a holy life. They hold this truth. They suppress this truth because God has clearly revealed to us who he is. He clearly revealed to us who he is. And here as Romans, Paul tells us they hold back the truth of God because he has clearly revealed himself even through the invisible works of his creation. You know, the things that we see in creation, the things that we see out here in the world, the snow that we see out here today is not something that occurred because of happenstance, because of a big bang that happened millions and billions of years ago. That's not what happened. God created the world for a specific purpose and through the word of his power. And that is how all things were created. They reveal the eternal power of God and the Godhead itself in creation. So in order to hold back that truth, the world gives itself over to doing unrighteousness. And we see that in verse 21, that they, when they knew God, when they knew who God was, when the world saw God, they didn't glorify him as God. 
Neither were they thankful. They weren't thankful for God as he revealed himself to men. You know, so often in our own lives, when God reveals something to us, we're not thankful that God has revealed that to us. We're not thankful that God has showed us this area of sin in our life that we need to get right with him. And that's the same way the world has. Those who do not know God personally as their Lord and Savior, they do not know Jesus, they have given themselves over to doing unrighteousness because they can't accept the truth that God has done in their life. And they're not thankful for God as he has shown himself to be. So because of this lack of thankfulness, because they don't want to accept God as he is, this leads us to create these own vain imaginations in our own minds of what God might be to us. So we see people creating images, we see different religions. All these things come about because we are not thankful for God as he has revealed himself to us, especially in his creation. You know, the creation of God is something that points directly to God. It doesn't point to, like we said, evolution and all that things. And because of their unthankfulness, we find in verse 22, professing themselves to be wise, they became fools. You know, the easiest way to become a fool is to profess yourself to be wise and to ignore the wisdom that we find in the Word of God. And that is where a lack of thankfulness drives us. It drives us to becoming foolish. It drives us to becoming something that we don't want to be, really. We don't want to be that person who is ungrateful and bitter and unthankful for everything we have. But when we become wise in our own eyes, we don't accept the wisdom from the scriptures, we will go that route. The same as God is, uh, Paul is laying out here the path of reprobation, that we are all capable of going that route when we become unthankful for God in her life. So the first cause that we have we may be unthankful is not wanting to accept God as God, as he's laid out here in the scriptures and as he revealed himself through his creation. The second cause of our unthankfulness may be that we are covetous, as Pastor preached about a couple weeks ago. This is an area that will cause our hearts to be ungrateful when we become covetous. When we want things that we don't have and that God has not given to us, and we want them so much that that's all we can desire, that's all we can think about is those things, and we covet them. We want them really bad in a way that we should not. Psalm 10.3 says, For the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire, and blesseth the covetous, whom the Lord abhorreth. You know, we see that going on in the world today. The world is all about lifting up those people who are covetous, those people who are doing unwickedly, they lift that up as a standard. You need to have more. You need to get more. You need to keep up with the Joneses. That is what is lifted up to us, that attitude of covetous, because that is what wicked men do. The Lord abhors a covetous heart. The Lord abhorreth a covetous heart, as seen in Psalm 10.3. Because when our hearts are full of covetousness, we will not, it will not allow us to look to God to meet our needs. And we also won't be thankful when our needs are met because we're covetous, right? We don't, we, our needs are actually our wants in our own mind. We want something and that becomes a need because we are covetous. So we won't be thankful when our needs are met. And we're always looking for more. We're always looking for more. This was the condition that Eve found herself in in the Garden of Eden. She had every tree of the garden to pick from, but the one that she didn't have, the one that she didn't have access to was the one that looked the best to her, Right? Our covetousness will lead us down a path of destruction if left unchecked. You know, we see this especially around Christmas time as the ads come out and everywhere you go, you're 
you know, blasted with, you need this. You know, if you want to be happy, you need this. And kids especially are prone to this, you know, to, to falling into this trap of coveting things and wanting things. Obviously, they send out the toy catalog, you know, three months in advance. My kids have gone through everything and marked it with the stickers. Whoever came up with that idea? Mark stickers on the stuff you want. Cover up the price. <laughs> yeah, mark the stickers there. I want it. Okay. Oh, $130, no way. You know, <laughs> you know that's, that's the covetous nature that the world likes. And they want us to be covetous because that's how they make money, obviously. That's how stores make money is for us to want something that we don't have. But, you know, it can pr it's prone to lead us to being unthankful and ungrateful in our life. If we don't get our wants in line with God's will for our lives and our wants, his wants for our life. So that was the second cause is that we may be covetous. The third cause that we may be covetous are found in Psalm 95. Let's turn over to Psalm 95 right now. Psalm 95. Well, we're going to read Psalm 95. It's a good psalm of thanksgiving. And it also tells us what might be a cause of our unthankfulness. Let's get over to Psalm 95. Read these 11 verses. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The strength of the hills is his also. The sea is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture, and the sheep of his hand. Today, if you will hear his voice, verse 8, Harden not your heart, as in the provocation, and as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my work, Forty years long was I grieved with this generation, and said, It is a people that do err in their hearts, and they have not known my ways. Unto whom I swear my wrath, that they should not enter into my rest. You know, God brought the people of Israel through the wilderness for specific reasons. He, didn't, he, didn't, he, had, he didn't just say, Oh, well, we're out in the wilderness now, and he had no plan. Obviously, God had a plan for bringing the children of Israel through the wilderness. One of them was to give the law and to set apart a system, you know, of worship for the people, to set them apart for himself so they would worship him and look to him. Another was, you know, the reason why we see they went 40 years in the wilderness is because they didn't trust God to deliver them and to give the land to their hands when they came up against the giants. Remember, they, they saw these giants and they said, oh, we can't fight them, we can't defeat them, we're going to, you know, what did we do? And Moses brought us out here to die, to be killed. And God said, okay, because of your disobedience, you're going to wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And all this generation that didn't believe, it's going to die off, right? So we see that was another reason why they were out there is just because of their disobedience, their lack of faith. But we see another reason, and we find it so often referenced in the scripture, especially in the Psalms, when talking about what the children of Israel went through in the wilderness, was because God wanted to test the people to see if they would follow him through the hard times. He wanted to test the people to see if they would be obedient. So often, the children of Israel rejected the testing of the Lord. They rejected the Lord. They didn't obey. But why did they reject this testing? I mean, we all know that it's, it's difficult to go through times of testing in our own lives. Why did the people of Israel go through this time of testing and, and not come through it with flying colors as they should have, as the Lord desired for them? 
Verse 8 tells us, Harden not your heart as in the provocation. So what happened with the children of Israel is that when they were brought into this time of testing, instead of opening their heart to the Lord and asking the Lord what He wanted to do in their lives, they hardened their heart to the testing that was being brought into their lives. When God brought them through the testing, they grumbled and complained. When God provided them manna, angels' food, it wasn't good enough for them. It wasn't good enough. When God provided quail, then they complained that they were going to die from lack of thirst. And some of them actually died with the quail in their mouth, right? Their clothes and shoes never wore out as they were traveling around this desert. Their, their clothes and shoes never wore out, but I'm sure they complained about not having new stuff, right? They could have got new stuff in Egypt. They complained about the food that they had. You know, we don't like God to bring the smallest amount of testing into our lives, do we? Do we like, really, the testing? I mean, maybe some of us do. More than others, I'm sure we do. We have different levels of that. But none of us like to really have suffering come into our life. Our typical response is usually when this trial or this testing comes into our life that we focus on this trial. We focus on this trial and we complain about the smallest amount of testing because it causes our discomfort. We completely forget the previous good that has been done in our life. We, we forget about that, all the good things that the Lord has done for us, all the many blessings He has brought into our life up until this time of hardship. We forget about that, and we only focus on the bad situation that we are in. We become unthankful in that time of testing. No matter the many promises of the Scripture, when difficulty comes in our lives, we are tempted to be ungrateful. You know, this time of year especially, it is easy for people to become ungrateful and unthankful. At a time when we were supposed to be setting aside for Thanksgiving and spending time thinking about the many blessings that have come into our lives, and then as we move into Christmas, we think of the time that we can spend remembering our Savior, that He was born on this earth, to live that sinless life, to die for us on our behalf. We, we can think of those things. that We should be thankful for those things, but a lot of people, especially people in the world, they, they don't get they don't become thankful. I mean, maybe their situation, obviously their situation is different. A lot of people are going through hard situations. But the tendency at this time of year is for people to become depressed, right? This is the time of year when we get into the holidays where a lot of people become depressed. And what do a lot of people turn to when they become depressed? Instead of turning to the Lord for their comfort, they turn to alcohol, drugs, something that's going to give them that sense of comfort and peace. You know, in Ephesians 5, 17 through 20, it says, Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it's tough to be depressed when you're singing in your heart to the Lord. And you're praising him for all the things that he's done in your life. Just as David shows us here in Psalm 95, let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. We do that because we remember what the Lord has done in our life. We're thankful for the things that the Lord has done in our lives. And when we are thankful as we should be, it is really tough for us to be depressed. Really tough. It pretty much drives away the need for that forgetfulness and the euphoria that comes through alcohol and drug abuse in our lives. You know, why do so many people turn to these things? Or why do they keep turning to these things, this alcohol, the drugs, all these different things, you know, even sex, maybe that could be something that people turn to to bring themselves that comfort and that peace they think they need because they're depressed, because they're ungrateful. 
because they're not thankful. In verse 17, it tells us in Ephesians chapter 5, Be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. So much in our own lives, it is God's will for us to suffer occasionally. It's, it's God's will for us to go through these time of testings. God didn't leave his throne and all of a sudden this time of trial and testing came into our life. As pastors preach about so often about suffering that we have to go through in life. That's part of God's plan for us to make us stronger, to bring us closer to him, to help us walk closer to him. If we don't understand, though, if we're unwise, we won't understand what the will of the Lord is for us in this time of testing. But if we are wise, we will see that God does have a plan and a purpose for this time of trial and testing in our life, and we're going to be thankful for that time of trial and testing. See, that's the only way we can be thankful in a time of trial and testing and suffering is if we understand that this is the will of the Lord for me at this time and we accept it and we're thankful for it. We can be hopeful that this suffering will not occur or that it will be short-lived, but we must accept God's will and be wise enough to understand it. Suffering is not easy. It takes the Lord's help to get through it better than we went in and it definitely takes the Lord help for us to be thankful. So if we are not unthankful in our life and maybe we're in a time of suffering and trial, we need to look to see if we are handling the situation as we should. If we are seeing the situation from God's point of view and we're not being unwise in our own lives, but we're understanding what the will of the Lord is. So the third cause that we may be ungrateful is because we reject the testing and the leading of the Lord, just as the children of Israel did here in the wilderness. They rejected the testing of the Lord and they weren't thankful and the Lord wasn't happy with that. Remember, 40 years long was he grieved with them. <laughs> he wasn't happy with them for 40 years. 40 years long he was grieved with them because they rejected the testing and the tempting of the Lord in the, in the wilderness. Let's not be that. Let's, let's be thankful no matter what the Lord brings into our life. And then the fourth cause that we're going to look at this morning that may be a reason for our unthankfulness is that we are living in sin. In Ephesians chapter 5, let's turn over there, Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to read verse 1 through 4. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear children, and walk in love as Christ also hath, Christ also hath loved us, and has given himself for us an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling savor. But fornication, all uncleanness, or covetousness, let it not be once named among you as become a saint. Neither filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor jesting, which are not convenient, but rather giving of thanks. Here in Ephesians, we are instructed on how we are not to live in the uncleanness that we have been delivered from. Right? The Lord delivered us from our uncleanness, from our sin, when we trusted Jesus as our Savior. When we are focused on walking in His love... And when we, in place of this wickedness, we are supposed to give thanks. We are supposed to give thanks in place of this wickedness. And when we are focused on walking in the love that we have for Christ and others, we will not be ungrateful, but we're going to be thankful. So if we truly accept the salvation that the Lord has, and we're not walking in the sin that we have been delivered from, we need to add to that, in place of that sin, we need to have thankfulness. Part of the problem with the world and our own lack of thankfulness is that we have a sin problem. If we are not living in sin, we are going to be thankful for what the Lord is doing in our lives. 
And that is what we should replace that sin with. It tells us here specifically, rather giving of thanks, rather than these sins that we've been committing in our past, rather than doing all these things the world would seek after, fornication, uncleanness, covetousness, let it not be once named among you, filthiness, foolish talking, jesting. These aren't convenient. What, would, what should we be doing in place? Giving of thanks. You know, if we were looking at our own lives and giving thanks rather than looking you know, at the, at the different sins that we have in our lives, but we are focused on giving thanks to the Lord, we're, we're not going to be committing these sins because we're going to realize we need to be thankful for what the Lord is doing in our lives, especially the salvation that we have that frees us from the bondage of this sin. You know, how much domestic abuse problems would go away if people were just thankful for one another? If people were thankful for their, their partner, their husband, their wife, if they were thankful for their, themselves, how many domestic abuse problems would go away? Or just, just home problems in general. If husbands and wives were truly thankful as God intended them to be, and they fulfilled the roles that they were intended to fulfill in their own lives, and if they were thankful for each other and for God, how many problems would go away? How many problems in the home would go away if children were thankful for their parents and, and what the parents are trying to do in their life, and as well as parents were thankful for the children. You know, sometimes we are unthankful for our children, especially in the morning when I hear a knock on the door. Dad, Mom, whoa, what time is it? <laughs> every morning, every morning between 1 and 2, Torrance coming to the bed, coming to the bed, knock on the door, let me in. You know, we can be unthankful for our kids. And not just that, we can be unthankful for sometimes how our kids act. You know, God has created each one of us unique. And sometimes we can be unthankful for the uniqueness of our kids because we want them to be like us, right? We want them to be exactly like us. And we can become unthankful for the work that God has done in their own life, the creation that he has made. You know, we, how many problems would go away if we were just thankful? You know, and instead of stepping outside of the will of God and moving on to other things, we would just be thankful a lot of the problems would go away. How empty would our prisons be if people turned to God to meet their needs rather than turned to their own methods of meeting their needs? How empty would our prisons be if people were just thankful for the little that they may have rather than covetous of what someone else has? You know, if we were humble rather than proud, would we be able to see how God and others have done great things for us and be thankful as we should be? rather than boastful. And this is what Psalm 95 is all about as well. Not being like the children of Israel, but being thankful in our own hearts. And here in Ephesians 5, we find that. Be therefore followers of God as dear children. Replace all this sin with thankfulness. That go a long way in our lives. Helping us to be the thankful people that we need to be. Now quickly, I just want to look at some areas and I just want to read these, and hopefully pastor's not going to read these as well. Just what some past presidents have done. We're going to look at uh, George Washington's Thanksgiving announcement that he did. You're not going to do that one? You are? I'll skip that one. How about Abraham Lincoln? Okay, I'll skip both these. We're almost done anyway. I won't, I won't take away from pastor. Okay. Well, let's see if we hit on these. Ten things about the Lord to remember that bring about thankfulness. Let's look at these ten things really quick. The gift of the Savior. Obviously, we're going to come into Christmas. That is one of the things, if, if we really think about the gift of the Savior in our life, it should bring about thankfulness. We should bring, bring about thankfulness when we think that God is love. He is love itself. He is wisdom. God is good. 
He's good all the time, right? God is good. He is the essence of goodness. And I'm going to say something about the addresses that Pastor's going to read later. You want to say, they use a word, both George Washington and Abraham Lincoln. They said that God was beneficent. He is the father of all good. And if we understand that the God is the father of all good, no matter what we're going through, we're going to understand and be thankful that God is good. He is forever faithful. We will always triumph in Christ. He is forever forgiving. His mercy endures forever. He knows the end from the beginning. He has seen it all, and nothing takes him by surprise. Nothing takes him by surprise, even in politics. Nothing takes him by surprise. You know, no matter who has the money in the world, no matter who we think is controlling the world's economy, God has seen it all, nothing takes him by surprise, and he's still in control. He has conquered death. We don't have to worry about death. God, Jesus has conquered death. We're going to, when we die, we just live, right? We're going to live eternally, and he is eternally God. Revelations eleven seventeen says, saying, We give thee thanks, O Lord God Almighty, which art and wast and art to come, because thou hast taken to thee thy great power and hast reigned. God has reigned. He is reigning in our lives right now. We need to be thankful for what he is doing in our lives. Let's be the thankful people this week, especially as we remember on Thanksgiving, but just in general, we need to be more thankful. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org, where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, where you can see what's happening happening at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.